1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts.
0: What did you do the last time you had an orchid and the flowers fell off? I'm betting there's lots of us out there who end up binning expensive orchids as we just don't know what to do with them. Hello, I'm Miranda, and today I'm chatting to Michael Perry, new plant product developer and presenter, known online as Mr. Plant Geek. We'll be talking about everything you need to know to keep your orchids healthy and flowering. Mostly, we'll be talking about moth orchids, also known as Phalaenopsis, the most popular of them all. Join us as we demystify the sometimes confusing care around these exquisite houseplants and hopefully encourage you to keep and rebloom any you buy or get this Christmas. But first, I start by asking him why he's so passionate about this group of plants that you can, let's be honest, pick up from any supermarket shelf.
1: Orchids are really due their time in the sun. I I think they're going to be the next big trend. I think flowering houseplants is the next step in houseplant obsessions.
0: Why do you think so? (laughs) just because they
1: offer so much. And when you look at orchids, there is just such a great range. You know, there's almost every colour of the rainbow. There's different shapes. You can use them in different ways. You can use them in mixed arrangements as well. So I really want people to embrace orchids and love them. And hopefully we can help them find the best way to grow them and get them to re-flower as well, because that is probably why people are turned away from orchids, because they think, oh, they're just going to flower for two months and then nothing. But We'll show you how to make the best of them.
0: I think you're absolutely right. Mm. I think they are very classy <laughs> and there's lots of colours out there. I like white myself. You know, I think if you do find them a little bit funny, there are some beautiful, very simple ones. But I think it's what you say. People feel really like they just don't know what to do with them and are embarrassed mm. or end up with a stick and some leaves and think, oh, well, that was that was a waste of money. So let's talk about how we can look after Phalaenopsis first. I've got mm. mine here, which is rather embarrassing to show you because it's not as lovely as yours with flowers on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's just about to go, so I'm going to be reviving it soon enough. <laughs>
0: well, absolutely. And these are real houseplants. You know, they, they look one way when you buy them, but they do mm-hmm. go through cycles, don't they? I think that's one of the important things. And I can see I've got new growth and buds, so it's certainly not a mm-hmm. lost cause. I think if if you're buying... An orchid for a friend we got christmas coming up i think they make mm-hmm. great presents don't they what do you look for if you're in a shop or a nursery looking at orchids what are you checking for to make sure it's a good healthy orchid
1: uh, you want to look for a good quality plant no signs of pest and disease if you want to have a little peek into the side of the pot because usually they're in transparent pots because the roots need air and light if you have a little look at the roots and if they're kind of like reddish on the tips then that's a really good sign that the plant is well hydrated but kind of hydrated in the right way so not not over watered or not underwatered. so kind of just have a little peek see how the roots are and also look at the flowers try and buy something that's a little bit more in bud than in bloom and i remember when i went for a, a visit at the love orchids nursery down in new forest They actually said that in the UK, we're really kind of impatient and we want to buy an orchid that is in bloom. But on the continent, a lot of people buy them in bud and they're quite happy to wait for that procession of flowers. So of course, buying an orchid in bud means that you're going to enjoy it for a little bit longer in the home because when you buy it in flower, you don't know how long it's been in flower for. Because the flowers don't really age because they're so waxy and they kind of can look exactly the same for like almost 12 weeks sometimes. So yeah, make sure you're buying one that's as close to bud as possible. Just good, shiny foliage, red tips to the roots.
0: I think it's absolutely right. And I have to admit, I'm a compromiser. So I look for flowers, Mm. but also buds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you've got that instant. And I think you can do that. And, and I think with the buds, they need to be green. You're looking for healthy buds, aren't you? So yeah. you know that it's going to be all right. And I think getting orchids home is really important, especially this time of year. I think we can damage them, getting them out into mm. the car park or getting them outside and shocking them. Do you think that's...
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good tip, actually. Similar to poinsettias. You know, poinsettias don't like those changes of temperature and orchids are very similar. Even if you water an orchid with cold water, it's, it's going to affect it long term. So do make sure that you take a hoodie or a blanket to wrap around your orchid to get it home, not only safely, but warmly as well, because you want to keep real consistent temperature, you know, all the way from the nursery to your car, to your worktop at home.
0: I think that's it. I think it's shock, isn't it? Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't manifest for many, many weeks either. So you you won't know where that problem has come from. So
0: after a month, I think it's your fault. But <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> but any time before then, it probably is yeah. the garden center or the nursery or something's happened or the car park.
1: Yeah. After a month, I think you need to
0: think about what you're doing. But uh, (laughs) Right, phalaenopsis. When I've got friends, they're always asking me, how can I make them flower more? What is the advice you give people?
1: Well, you can make them flower more by feeding them throughout the growing season. So basically, you're going to water your orchids about once a week, equivalent of a shot glass of water per week. There's a lot of information out there that says, give them an ice cube per week. But that is a real no-no, because that is going to be far too cold for your orchids that are in a warm indoor environment. people are putting actual ice cubes. Yeah, there used to be some advice about four or five years ago that was saying an ice cube per week. But what, what it really meant was an ice cube's worth of water per week. So I've kind of translated that in most recent times into shot glass of water per week, because you really want to soak through the orchids once a week. So you can either do that by giving them that controlled amount, or... You can put them in a sink of water for, say, half an hour and just drain them through because you want to water them in the same way that they would be watered in the rainforest as they grow on trees and logs. So basically, they would get a downpour of water and then nothing for a period of time. So try and emulate that in the home as well. In terms of feeding, so you're going to be feeding them through the growing season, which is really kind of April, May through to September. And generally, you, it's almost impossible to overfeed an orchid. They do need a lot of feed. So generally do it every time you water. Just kind of give a, give a break perhaps every fourth watering. So, you know, three times in the month, give your orchid a bit of feed. But make sure you just leave it one time just so that you can flush out a lot of those little uh, particles as well. Um, should we talk about position? Because position is very important in orchids.
0: Yeah, just before we move on, and I yeah. must point out, when we're saying phalaenopsis... We're talking about moth orchids, so we're yeah. using that interchangeably, aren't we? Which are the orchids? I think you see ninety-nine percent of the time in the shops, aren't they? The beautiful, big flowers. So um, I just wanted to point Absolute. that out.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's very difficult with orchids to have a one-size-fits-all approach. So that's why, yeah, this is generally for moth orchids, the most common ones you see. But we'll we'll, we'll touch on a few of the other ones at the end. So and
0: mini moth orchids mm-hmm. are actually easier yeah. to flower, aren't they? Which I think is a <laughs>
1: Yeah, a they're nice really system. cute, actually. I I managed to get one that's only about three or four inches tall, and I've put it into my bottle garden that oh, I've lovely. got here in the lounge.
0: <laughs> oh, super brilliant. So we've picked a plant that's got multi-stems. I think that's important as well, mm-hmm. because sometimes we're just t- so taken by the flowers. But I think count the stems, because you're getting your money's worth, aren't you?
1: Definitely. Have you seen the waterfall orchids as well, where they've been trained to curve over the stems? They're beautiful, but... Y- you could always try and train one yourself with your new flower stems later in the season.
0: Absolutely, especially could if it's branching. And I think looking for ones mm. that branch, they're likely to branch again, aren't they? So you're going to get more flowers. Definitely. So those little things are worth looking at. We've got them home. We're watering them. I'm <laughs> I am I could be slightly lazy, but when I clean the bathroom on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. I put mine in the sink then.
1: Yeah, that's cool. It works really well. I think generally for any houseplant in the home, just set a reminder to just do it once a week and just go around whatever needs it, water it. If not, don't. I think too many people overwater every type of houseplant because they'll water it every time they walk past, or even worse, they will share watering uh, kind of what do you call it, watering jobs with their partner. So then you'll (laughs) both be overwatering the plant. So just stop. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I think that's right. We're, we're killing them with love.
1: Yeah, and, exactly.
0: And I tr- I try and check out the roots when I'm watering as well. Is this something yeah. you do? You have a look at the roots. I mean, I know flattened roots mean they're really dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and white roots generally are ready for watering, aren't they? That's a quite a nice sign.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And kind of red, green tipped means that they're just right. So that is that's kind of one of two reasons why you use the transparent pots. So you can... Actually look at the moisture level of your plants because it's difficult to see what's going on below soil level, but also their aerial roots, so they need a little bit of light as well. So it's worth pointing out when you get those roots that come outside of the pot, a lot of people are like, oh, that looks so untidy. Dah, 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 dah. You can't stop it. This is the natural way that an orchid likes to grow because remember, it, it really wants to be growing on a, a tree. In a, in a rainforest. You're so right, most try of and, them. <laughs> try and keep it happy.
0: <laughs> most of them are ep- epithetic, apathetic even, mm. aren't they? Yes,
1: absolutely. And that there's actually a good way that you can grow. Um, you can mount your orchid onto a piece of bark or wood, for example, and actually have it as a wall plaque. And I actually did do that, and it works really well. You just tie it on with fishing wire and sphagnum moss, and you're good to go. But another way that I've been using my orchids is in macrame containers and so I put them into the pot and then I take the st- the stick away and so then the blooms the stems actually fall to the side oh you mean the
0: support cane like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I take away the support cane and then they actually flow really beautifully and the stems like will fall over the side of the pot and it's it's almost more natural way to grow an orchid, and it looks amazing. So that would be a, a real tip that I'd give you on how to display them.
0: Absolutely lovely. And I've tied mm. a lot of orchids to bark in my time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we would use old tights. Because they're nice oh, and soft. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. if you cut them into strips and then cut them and that's tie them, that's a good up,
1: idea. It's
0: really mm. nice and soft because you don't want anything too tight on the orchids. Uh-huh. So that's that's a nice also,
1: tip. <laughs> I also I um, also tied an orchid to a piece of lava rock as well.
0: Oh, did did it go yeah. well?
1: Yeah, it seems really happy and healthy, actually. Oh, super.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I think that's lovely. But with the watering on the bark, what's your advice? I suppose I'd be hesitant about putting that bark on the wall because I'm thinking, is that Mm going to get wet? How do you water it and not mess up the house?
1: Well, when I had mine, I actually would take it off the wall once a week, water it, you know, dunk it in the sink full of water for an hour and then leave it for the rest of the day to then dry out again and then put it back. And then you're fine. So, yeah. But it is a bit of a commitment. yeah.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> they'll dry out faster. I suppose that's the difference when you start doing stuff like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. You're not
0: holding as much water. But Breed, I mean, I think watering is just so key. I think it's worth all the time in the world. I think if you get the watering right, you're halfway there, aren't you?
1: Definitely. And if you can use rainwater, that's best for the plants as well because there's, there's extra nourishment in there. And, of course, temperature. We talked very briefly about ice cubes, you know, when you are watering your orchids, make sure that it is room temperature water. So it's not, you know, straight from somewhere that's super cold. So make sure that you're not giving your orchid any shocks at all.
0: They are sensitive. They're they're mm. precious, aren't they? I mean They are.
1: And like we said, it doesn't manifest until many weeks after. So then it can be very difficult to track back what you did wrong. So
0: no, they're Just very rewarding. Do it right. Yeah. I, I had heard of someone boiling water in the kettle thinking they mm-hmm. would kill the chemicals in their tap water to water the orchid. Uh-huh. But it does the opposite because actually, what you're doing is boiling off the, <laughs> yeah. the pure water and con- condensing the chemicals in there. So I think don't do that. I think rainwater is good. I use mm-hmm. Rain Mix. Have you heard of Rain Mix? It's like a powder. No. And there's orchid focus. There's quite a few feeds that you oh, can right. get. Okay. So there are ones uh-huh. you can mix, especially with rainwater. But I think mm-hmm. normal water is okay as long as you're flushing it out. You're not yeah. building up the salt. Yeah, salts, definitely. Isn't it? If, if, you if you
1: can do rainwater, that's great. But if not, you know, many people, you know, use normal tap water for their orchids, and they're still fairly happy. They so flower. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, moth orchids are one of the easiest and most versatile as well. So that's why it's a good place to start.
0: I think that's the thing. I'm saying they're precious, but actually, if you get it right, you get very sturdy, long-lasting flowers, mm. don't you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, they can flower for almost three months of the year, you know, and sometimes in more than one flush as well. So they're fantastic.
0: Potentially longer. I don't know that I've, mm. <laughs> I've got them to flower yeah. longer, but I think potentially you can, you can keep them going, can't you? Where, we, where would you put your orchids Then your moth orchids to keep them flowering?
1: Yeah, so you want to give them bright, indirect light. So just to explain what that is, it means not on the windowsill, so not in full sunlight, but it means somewhere in the room that is still light, so not, you know, deep in the corner on a shelf, somewhere like a sideboard or a coffee table, somewhere that's got this bright, indirect light. That is the perfect position for them. They do need quite a bit of light in the winter, though. They'll really appreciate a little of extra light, Through the winter months. So, if you can put them at that point on an east facing windowsill, then they'll get that little bit extra light. So, it's really key not to put them in the sunniest position that you've got. And I see that a lot of people do, but if you really want to get the best out of them, then ideally bright indirect light.
0: I think it's a bit of experimenting as well, Mm. you know, depending on which way your window's facing. Yeah. And I think um, usually when people have orchids that aren't flowering, I think it is light. I think that is one of the key things, isn't it? Why Mm. they're not flowering.
1: It could be. But, I mean, you can also get an orchid to reflower by giving it a bit of a cold period as well. So if you actually give it kind of like five degrees for about four weeks, then you can almost kind of boost it into blooming again. But, of course... We have to remember that these orchids, they do want their rest time. So you can't expect them to be an all-year-round flowering plant. Once they bloomed and when they're not in the growing season, they'll actually really appreciate a rest.
0: They're like us. You know,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if that is just – you almost need to have this area in your home where you will have the houseplants that don't look as good at certain periods. So just kind of leave them there. Just forget about them, reduce the watering, don't feed them and you'll be amazed how they bounce back. And I've actually got one right here on my coffee table, which is a is a bounce back variety. So this, it had to completely finished and then I just gave it a bit of a rest, give it a bit of cold, forgot about it. And here we go, second flush. And that is within probably about two to three months as well. So I'm really pleased with how that has developed, but they do need a bit of downtime.
0: Let's talk about that. You've got a flowering orchid. Maybe it's in flower when you buy it. The Mm -hmm. flowers are now going over. What do you think are the steps now to to go from this brilliant orchid to sort of never flowering again? Are there any important things like sort of cutting back the stem, the flowering Mm. stem? What what do you recommend?
1: Well, with a moth orchid, when you are going to cut off the faded blooms, look really, really carefully at the stem because... Don't take the whole stem to the ground because you'll actually slow down the re-flowering. If you look very, very carefully, you'll actually see the nodes along the stem and you'll see the nodes which are spent where the blooms have been and then you'll see other nodes that are ready to create side shoots and cut your stem back to there and you actually have potential to have side flushes of blooms on your orchids. So don't be too keen to cut them down to the ground. Persevere, cut them down to a node and you'll be surprised at how they can bounce back and that's exactly what I'm going to do to the one that I've got here in my lounge. So, yeah, hopefully I'll get another flush Would you by put early that next year.
0: In a cool period then for a, a few weeks once you've done that cut to give it a
1: Yeah, so that's the point where you'll just reduce your watering down, you won't feed them, you'll give them that cold period and that kind of just just a bit of rest, really. Yeah. Just forget about them, if you can bear to. (laughs) To bounce back.
0: I think that's a wonderful phrase. So watering, position. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a good one. Repotting, Michael. Do you repot your orchids? Well, do you know
1: what? They don't need repotting that often. They need repotting perhaps every two to three years. And they're not really needing to be repotted because they need the space it's more of a refresh of the compost mix so really just do that every two or three years when you take the roots out of the pot make sure that you get all the soil and bark away from the roots and cut them back to about 15 20 centimeters and then pot back into a fresh container very often you'll put them back into the same size container because you've actually pruned the roots, given them that little bit of care, and then use a good mix of bark, moss, perlite, vermiculite, or or just plain bark, or a specialist orchid compost.
0: I knew a guy who grows orchids mm-hmm. really well in pure charcoal. I kid really? you not. Wow. I kid you not. Mm. Because you're quite right. They're not like other plants where they're trying to get too much from the soil, and charcoal's very yeah. good at cleaning things and keeping them clean. But mm. as well, what you were saying, just to emphasise, I think the bark goes mushy, doesn't it? That's the problem, mm. is the stuff in your pot starts to break down, it's going to hold onto the water, and that's where you're going to get the problems. I think you, you want to jam them and press them, and they like to be quite nicely tight and packed, don't they? They're happier. You don't want to overpot, do you, when you pot Yeah,
1: that? absolutely. Well, you need the bark has given you a slight open structure, but you do need to make sure there's no pockets where water can collect. So, yeah, when you do... Take the orchid out of the pot, make sure that you get all of the old bark and compost off, and then make sure that you replace with new in all of those little nooks and crannies. Yeah.
0: And as you said, you can buy bags of orchid compost yep, in as the well. garden centres, yep. which is really useful because you've got all your different bits in there. So lovely. So we've done watering, we're talking about pruning. <laughs> leaves. Do your leaves get dusty? Because that is a pet hate of mine, dusty orchid leaves. Do you get
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um I never dust my orchid leaves, but I perhaps should, Um, but I just stand by the fact I haven't got a very dusty house, perhaps, but it is a good idea to clean them down because then it helps them to photosynthesize. You can do that simply with a moist duster or a moist cloth. There's, There's often a few suggestions out there that you can do it with milk, or I saw the other day someone using banana, was it a banana skip? or banana puree to, to clean the leaf. But I think just a, just a damp cloth is absolutely fine because, of course, it's going to help the plants photosynthesize, but it's also going to look neater, so more glossy as well, and it's going to set off the blooms as a lot more as well. Because, you know, I love the blooms on orchids, but the foliage is pretty nice yes. as well. Yes, yeah,
0: especially if it's clean and glossy. But they, just, they yeah. don't move, they're stiff. I think they can be a bit static and attract dust. Mm. I mean I use water. I have occasionally used very, very diluted a little bit of lemon juice. But you're right, I think a bit of water keeping them nice and clean is going to keep them yeah. healthy.
1: And also any yellow leaves, I think a lot of people panic and I get so many messages on social media saying, you know, I've got I've got yellow leaves on my plant. What's happening? La, 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 la. Well actually, you know, it's very normal that the lower leaves on a plant will start to die away as the plant develops upwards. And you'll notice that with orchids as well. You know, the one that I've got here in my lounge has got a yellow leaf down at the bottom and you simply pull that away. You know, when it pulls away easily, you know that it's good to come and there you go. Just discard that or put it on the compost heap.
0: But I love watching you pull that leaf away because I've seen people struggle. You know, you see the <laughs> yeah. struggle, you think, leave well, it, you, leave it, it's You know not it's not ready if yeah. you have to struggle, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that, that worries me when I see is the split leaf. And that's quite a common thing, but mm-hmm. it's low humidity. I mean, this is the other thing that is important is the humidity in the room.
1: Yes, absolutely. So if you can give them a bit of a spray every so often, then they're really going to appreciate that because I think – the bottom line with orchids, you need to remember and and kind of think about where they would grow in the wild and the conditions that they would enjoy, you know, in a rainforest sitting aloft a tree, you know. So moisture in the air, obviously good drainage as well, and that bright indirect light. Because remember, in a rainforest, it's kind of dappled light. So try and emulate that in the room of the home that you put your orchids into.
0: And this is my um, nightmare with all houseplants, radiators, especially this time of year. I think yeah. people can be a bit radiator blind.
1: But oh, they, definitely.
0: So much heat and dryness coming away from them, aren't there?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you can buy humidifiers, which could be useful, but also just... Keep, keep your plants away from the radiator. And, of course, orchids, they want that bright indirect light. So re- hopefully you'll have them somewhere in the centre of the room where it's, you know, a nice sideboard or a coffee table, consistent temperature as well. Yeah, and just keep them as happy as possible. You know, it's crazy because over the Christmas period and over, like, winter, you know, a lot of houseplants that we grow, they don't like sharp changes of temperature so it almost it's almost like we've got to turn the radiators off in all our rooms. <laughs> but many people won't stand for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so are there any other orchids you like other than Phalaenopsis, moth orchids?
1: Yeah, well, actually, before we move off moth orchids, I want to mention a few interesting varieties. Um yeah, there's actually some fragrant ones that have been bred very recently and they're mostly coming out of Sion in the Netherlands and one kind of almost the flagship variety is called Sention, which is S-C-E-N-T-I-O-N. S-C-E-N-T-I-O-N and these have a really lovely fresh fragrance. They're, they're kind of the midi varieties so they're only about kind of 10 inches tall but the fragrance is kind of... How to describe it? It's like the very best scented candle. Really, really gorgeous. And it adds an extra dimension to an orchid, which is all important. There's also one that I spotted at Love Orchids when I was down there the other month. I didn't catch the name, but it was brand new and it was almost like a mauve blue colour. It was the closest to blue that I'd seen in an orchid. And of course, you know, there's no true blue, but you can get there with different types of mauve. So that was very interesting. And another one that I fell in love with and it's actually just finished flowering for me here is one called Red Asian. And the colour of that is incredible. It's it's not described very well by that name, but the colour is actually like a, Oh, like a kind of mulberry colour? It's really, really lovely. Like mulberry kind of raspberry colour. Really kind of deep pink. Very gorgeous. Yeah, really big flowers, similar to the one that I've got here in the in the on the coffee table, but it's amazing. And I think the next trend in orchids will will not be buying orchids purely by colour from mixed trays, but actually named orchids. And I think that's how you can get the value behind them as well, because I think a lot of the supermarkets have been selling orchids for, say, £3, £5, and that's kind of cheapened them a little bit, which is a shame. But actually, by having these named orchids and the fragrant varieties, I think there's a whole new level of orchids to come, and it's really going to elevate them as an indoor plant and help with that flowering houseplant trend that I'm really keen on too. I think it's
0: leveling up our collections, going <laughs> yeah, <soon>. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and to help people know, I mean, you're talking about blue orchids. I can't mm. not see these um, unnatural blue orchids in the shops mm. at the moment. Which it's like,
1: oh, oh, oh yeah, it's nothing like that. No, it's beautiful, completely natural beautiful. colours. Oh, they sound yeah. lovely.
0: And that's <laughs> the thing. I think there is so much variety. We say, oh, you know, within moth orchids, but there are mm. aren't they? There's tiny ones medium ones, big ones, and the yeah. colours, and the scent. I don't think everyone thinks about scent when it comes to orchids. do they? Well, they
1: haven't really made their way into garden centres and shops very widely yet, so a lot of people probably haven't seen those varieties. But there's there's a lot more being bred. There's all sorts of different colours. They all tend to be uh, kind of bi-colours as well. So I think centron is uh, kind of yellow against purple, which is a lovely combo. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot more to come with orchids, and it's really going to... You know, keep them as a premium plant as well. I think
0: yellow is quite a new Mm. colour with Phalaenopsis as well, isn't it? Yeah, and And of course the
1: spots and the stripes and the dappled. Yeah, there's so many amazing orchids. Dangerous
0: habit. That's the problem with orchids. (laughs) (laughs) They're not your cheapest houseplant, but they are some of the most beautiful, aren't they?
1: Yeah, definitely. But, you you know, I see some good value out there today i saw um in a nursery 7.99 and they were you know lovely big voluptuous plants and not just moth orchids either and i thought that was a a fairly fair price to pay for a good quality orchid that's at least 12 inches tall as well so yeah they're kind of that there are some good prices to be had
0: I think if it's healthy and count your stems, I think that is the biggest difference. Mm. I think we're not necessarily looking at what's in the pot when we buy it. We're looking at the flower. We're looking at the price. We're not necessarily looking at the plant as a whole, are we? But I think that helps. I do like the clear pot. Like you were saying, I like to be able to see what's going on. But I think it doesn't mean you can't dress them up, can you? And I know Mm. you've done some lovely dressing up of orchid pots. Do you have any other suggestions for us?
1: Well, they, they often say you need to use the kind of transparent outer pots, But actually, I've heard a lot of different reports that the the plants actually still get the light through the side, through the kind of top of the pot anyway. So as long as they're in a transparent pot themselves, the outer pot can be kind of opaque. So yeah, so you can um, put them into all sorts of different ceramics, you know, wooden containers. I've got this really, really nice raised plant box in my hall Where I've mixed up orchids with nice foliage begonias, kind of bromeliads, because they're a couple of plants that grow in similar conditions to orchids as well. So it really helps to then, you know, you can use them in mixed displays. You know, it is possible because we always use an orchid as a kind of standalone it's a solid it tree <laughs> yeah but it doesn't need to be that way i've even under planted one with some pothos as well you know devil's ivy and just to just to jazz it up a bit you know so i've done lots of different things with orchids um the angel hair to as well you know the lovely air plant that's really nice to mix up with your orchids of course bromeliads you know so many different colors there you can create a really tropical display with your orchids as well
0: i kind of that clear pot thing i am really cynical mm. about that i mean i've seen them growing very well in yeah. pots that aren't clear and i think anywhere there's green on the plant it's got chlorophyll <laughs> mm. so i don't think the roots necessarily have to be the same well of as the- long as the
1: um the aerial roots are allowed to develop and it could be that where people fail is that they're those sort of people that are trying to be really tidy with their orchid and like oh i must cut off this this aerial root but it's like well no it's there for a reason
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think as you, we were saying earlier, it's, it's worth remembering those type of orchids don't grow in the ground. They're not going to mm. be neat and underground. Yeah. They're going yeah, exactly. to be naturally, and that's quiet. part
1: of the the glory of them. Yeah. You know, it, it makes them architectural. And I would really urge you to put one in a macrame container because just put it in that container, take the support cane away. And you will love how it just flows, and that is the closest to natural you will get with an orchid.
0: I do like macrame. I just know there's a lot of watering involved. I've had ferns in them (laughs) before, (laughs) and they can dry out so quickly, can't they? I mean, Mm. how often do you you water your orchid if you grow it like that?
1: Well, it would be the same. So you can obviously take it out of the outer container and just – you know soak it in the sink for half an hour each week or do your shot glass, shot glass work oh either, i was so. thinking in like a moss
0: ball yeah. you mean just in the <laughs>
1: oh yeah macrame no um no you're thinking of dama. yes yeah, so yes
0: no macrame
1: and... is just the outer kind of knitted container isn't it you so, absolutely right you know, just pop but, it in there uh, but,
0: uh, i'd love to see them in those moss balls <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that would it. be good as well
1: but they are they are high maintenance yes, they really yes, are yes,
0: yeah. yes oh but yeah we can hang orchids absolutely and then back to so which if you don't have a phalaenopsis which other orchids mm. are you looking at buying for friends or for yourself
1: well this time of year dendrobium is a really good one to look out for and there's there's a great variety that's been very popular over the last few years called Star Class, and it has fragrant blooms as well. And I don't know if you've seen, but they bloom almost like in this ladder style. So you get almost like one foot of ladder-like blooms. They're absolutely amazing cane plants. Cane
0: orchids, aren't they, you call them? They're like bamboo yeah, Yeah, things.
1: cane orchids, that's it. And they're they're plants that don't need quite as much humidity as well. So they're potentially a bit more of a versatile houseplant for a beginner as well. So, yeah, really, really useful. So that's Dendrobium, which is your cane orchid. Um, Another one that um, I saw today, actually, and I wish I'd bought it now, was Oncidium. Now, this is such a richly fragrant variety or kind of group of orchids. And they love a bright position. They only need about 15 degrees in the home. But that fragrance, the perfume, is it's sticky, sugary. Oh, my God. Oh, I wish I'd bought it. Why didn't I buy it?
0: <laughs> the dendrobiums, most of them like it quite cool as well, as far as I remember. Mm. So they're quite good if you're struggling to keep a house warm enough. But it's only 18, it's 18 to 24 degrees, I think, for Phanopsis. I think mm-hmm. that's sort of, which yeah. is our sort of yeah, yeah. home temperature.
1: Yeah, definitely, and of course, a couple more. Um, what about cymbidiums? Cymbidiums have got this big, voluptuous, grassy foliage, and they they almost look quite stately, don't they? They're really gorgeous, waxy blooms that last, you know, more than three months. I would say, and again, this is a pretty easy one for the home as well. Um, likes bright, indirect light. Avoid temperature changes if you can but yes imbidium's really lovely classy orchid and the last one i want to mention is the pansy orchid miltonia now you don't see that as often for sale and it kind of uh people assume that it's more difficult to grow but that is actually quite forgiving in terms of temperature changes in the home it likes it slightly cooler and of course that bright indirect light will keep it super happy so pansy orchids really really beautiful
0: and why do you think they make such great house plants out of a, you know if you're in a shop of house plants why orchids?
1: Because they've got colour, you know. They've got they've got colour that extra dimension. You know, I I look a lot today, and everybody's mad keen on house plants, but they're mad keen on foliage plants, and that's okay. But there's a whole market out there for flowering house plants, and they're just exotic. They're tropical. There's a few easy kind of rules to follow in order to get the best out of your orchids. But once you do that, you, you have a gorgeous display. And of course, they will jazz up a display of foliage plants, you know, fourfold. So amazing plants. Yeah. And there's so many different ones to choose from. And of course, they're quite collectible, aren't they as well? So yeah
0: oh you can get obsessed get the
1: whole set yeah
0: <laughs> but i think you're right you see it on instagram you see it on all sorts of social media that foliage plants are just so sort of big but it's half the story isn't it i think yeah. this is oh, the secret absolutely yeah
1: <laughs> definitely but i think people are impatient because they they want a plant that looks good all year round but if you if you kind of use your plants in more of a rotation basis so bringing out the good looking plants when they look at their best but having somewhere that you keep the kind of you know, the ones that are not looking so good at that moment and kind of keep that rotation. And it's it is great. It's similar to how they do the, um, what is it, the Alpine house at Wisley. You know, they're always bringing the best ones on display. Do the same with your house plants. And then you actually, you open up your criteria so widely and you can grow some amazing plants then
0: thanks for listening to the bbc gardeners world
1: magazine podcast and you can find out more about the themes we've covered today at gardenersworld.com forward slash podcast if you've enjoyed this episode please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app and don't forget to subscribe on itunes spotify or acast to never miss an episode see you next time